you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch was probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I am recording from my second home of the pantry. Uh, <laughs> I'm recording on the internet, which is, I guess, the uh, the home of the show now due to the situation everyone's been in for the past few years. But uh, yeah, I-, I have a guest on this episode who's someone who hasn't been on the show before. And, you know, it's funny, I've been doing this for, for more than nine years now, and the amount of musicians with connections to Manitoba that I haven't had on the show, it just seems like I can never catch up. No matter how many of these I do, there's always people that um, I've been wanting to talk to that I just haven't had a chance to. So I think this, this checks off one of the of someone whose music I've been aware of for a long time and have been curious about and wanted to talk to on the show. And I'm glad we made this happen because uh, we'll we'll get into it, but you have some really interesting projects uh, going on. So to start this off, before we get into any of that stuff, if you'd like to just introduce yourself and maybe give a bit of background about what it is you do as a musician. Sure. Um, Thanks uh, for having me, Sam. I am Little Miss Higgins and, uh, or if, if you know me, uh, off stage i'm also my my first name is jolene higgins and then last name higgins and uh yeah i i make manitoba my home now and uh though i'm not from here but it's where i i hang my hat and throw everything else on the floor and um yeah i it's great it's it's amazing the the amount of of even before i lived here the the influence that Manitoba musicians had on me. Sure. And, uh, and yeah, and then I, I got pulled here. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good place to start because it seems like one of the recurring themes of this, these interviews is trying to define what it is about Manitoba's music that makes it, what is the draw to the music here? Because there's something very specific, whether it's country, whether it's hip hop, whether it's metal, folk, you know, anything, there's something uniquely, weirdly Manitoba about it. And maybe as someone who came here, you know, by choice, mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it about the music here that, or the music scene here that sort of drew you in? Uh, it was, times changed. The High and Lonesome Club. Yeah. Like, for sure. That was the, um, that was the first place I, I played here in, in, in Manitoba. I, I had met John Scholes years before in Chicago at the Chicago Blues Fest. Oh, cool. And uh, through a, a, well, a, a guy I was dating at the time, a keyboard player, Graham Guest, and he and John were great friends. We actually just ran into him on the street and I met him. And then years later, uh, I started performing and, and uh, I'm like, I heard about Times Changed. And so I, 
uh, contacted him and I'm like, I don't know if you remember me, but we met on the street in Chicago years ago and now I'm doing my own thing. And, and uh, he said yes right away. I don't know why, but he said <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I have him partially to blame for, for this and uh, <laughs> for my life. And uh, and then just all, all the musicians that have gone through that club, uh, you know, like Big Dave McLean and the D Rangers, yeah. and just I like you know just so many Andrew Neville and the Poor Choices, and uh, so I listening to that music was uh, just so in like. It influenced me and it, and it and it encouraged me to want to keep doing it and uh, knowing that it was possible. And like, especially Big Dave, like Big Dave McLean was, uh, he took me under his wing and, uh, you know, put me in a few headlocks <laughs> and uh, uh, forced me to play his guitar a few times, <laughs> you know, at, at jams across the country. And uh, yeah, like that was definitely a, a foundation for for me and then meeting the the f holes and uh, he, you know i met jimmy james fraser the the trumpet player of the band in a, a lineup for the bathroom at times <laughs> he, he said you know he's like hey i'm jimmy james i'm playing a, a few bands around the city and and i uh I really love your music and i said well i'm playing again tomorrow night you want to come and sit in with us and he's like sure i told my band at the time and they're like what do you know if he's any good i'm like i don't know he was he he looked good and uh he looked the part he's in this like three-piece yeah you know suit with his little pork pie hat and he's got his little pencil mustache. And I'm like, I think he can play. And so, and then I got to know him and, and the rest of the band. And, uh, and I'm like, they're so good. I'm like, they would be the perfect band for me. And, uh, and then, yeah, they said, I asked them if they wanted to be my band and they said, yes. And, uh, and we, ended up recording an album together and doing some touring. And then I realized how hard it is to uh, tour with a six piece band sure. <laughs> and, and things, you know, it, to keep, to make it sustainable for all of us was, was challenging. But I mean, I still have a relationship with those, uh, those guys and, and those, and I call on them when I need them and, and, uh, well, I'm actually, I, I live with the banjo player. <laughs> I fell in love with the banjo player. And uh, he's he's probably the, the main reason I moved to Manitoba. But um, it made sense regardless, yeah. like, to come here. Yeah. I, I like I that. Know, there's something about it. And there's something. Go ahead. I was gonna say I like I like that story. It's 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 it's. I mean, a lot of the time when people from outside of Manitoba come here, it, it often isn't a positive story. It's just for some reason they ended up here through weird circumstances. But you have actually like a nice a nice <laughs> reason to become a Manitoban. I like it. I like it. It's a it's a happy one for once. Well, I I I find it this convergence of um, like I'm I'm big on land and and the prairies and 
um, I tried to live on Vancouver Island years ago and that just didn't work out for me. I was like, I can't walk on the ocean. Yeah. I can't drive on the ocean. <laughs> Whereas in the prairies, you can just drive forever. And I'm, I'm big on country drives. And so I, um, I find though, like this, uh, cause I ended up in Saskatchewan for 10 years and I, I, uh, would go up north to uh, north of Saskatoon to the Nest Creek Music Festival there and like, into the boreal forest. And I was like, cool. what is this? This is beautiful. This is amazing. The lakes and the trees and and the people that were li- uh, that live up there and, and, and make the Nest Creek Music Festival happen are, are just amazing. And so coming to winnipeg and learning about the land and the connection to the boreal forest and the the shield and then the rivers and then the prairie and it's such an interesting place and then the history that's here is even more fascinating and the people that are here and i i love it i love that this this chapter this next chapter for me has been Oh God, I've been here for eight years now. <laughs> I've gone through a few chapters here, it seems. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I love it. I love I love the this uh, place. It's a it's a wonderful, interesting, unexpected place. For me, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't expecting it, and I and I really appreciate what I've learned coming here, and uh, how I've grown as a person, and yeah. Cool. That's a great answer. And I mean, I, I could talk about Manitoba all day because I'm kind of obsessed with Manitoba as, as a place and, <laughs> and for many of the same reasons that, that you've said. And I mean, I wouldn't have been doing this show for as long as I have if I didn't you know, have this, this fascination with the culture here, even as someone who's from here. Now you might wonder at some point, what is six pence? Six pence is half a shilling, one fortieth of a pound sterling, or simply six pennies. And in 1918, six pence could buy you a boot scribbling diary with three days on a page. Except Sunday, which was squeezed onto every second page. So the notebook had three and four days on its pages, but who's counting? They woke up to screaming. The hotel next door was on fire. Two people died. Through Ontario, across the shield to Winnipeg. A drunk man would not shut up all along that leg. The girls were frightened. The girls were cold. The man made a pass, grabbed her ass. She had to explode. At the bar, they huddled close. Smell of grease and smell of smoke she thought of all the fires that she never got to stow what kind of world makes a woman need to be a wife back on the train westward bound on that railroad 
never seen so much sky and so much open space. On that stretch of last bridge, she saw piles of bones. She asked the woman what became of all the herds of buffalo. She told her they were all dead, and who did it too? As the train pulled into Carston, she couldn't understand what made her think they could come and live upon this land. So we don't just talk about Manitoba the whole time. You have a really exciting project that, that you've been working on, and it seems extremely ambitious. So when I when I first uh, read about it, I was I was the, the number of different aspects of it is really cool, and it's more than just an album. There's it's a whole story and a podcast, and I, I think that you should probably explain how this thing came about because it seems like this this really ambitious project. I don't know if it came about during this time when everyone's sort of trying to figure out how to use their creativity because they can't do the normal shows and things like that, or if it has roots earlier, what's the origin of this? Well, first of all, it's called the fire waltz and, uh, it, it's a, it, it comes from a family story of mine. And, uh, I'd heard these stories of my great grandmother on one of my great grandmothers on my dad's side throughout the years growing up. And uh, as I got older, I got to hear more details, okay. the gritty details. <laughs> and, um, and I was always fascinated by this woman who I, I never met, but I, uh, I loved these stories and the pictures and there are postcards and, and letters about this story and her story. And so she, I'll just quickly explain, like sure. she was from, she was born in France, grew up on Jersey Island in between, like in the English Channel, in yep. between Britain and France. And uh, she got married to a man, my great grandfather, Francois Milou, and her family, uh, the rest of her family all moved to Canada, to Southern, Al mostly to Southern Alberta, and some actually here in in Manitoba. Oh, cool. And then uh, she was left on Jersey Island kind of by herself. And so her husband, Fr Francois, he ended up, he was in the French army and he ended up in the First World War. And then she left. Okay. And they had two little girls and she came to Canada and ended up with her family, her, her parents in Southern Alberta. And, and so that's kind of the premise of the, like the very start and the premise of the story. And then there's a lot more that goes on with her and, and uh, another relationship with a man in Southern Alberta and, and then her husband reentering the picture. And, and, uh, and so I've obviously had to fill in a lot of blanks yeah. because we don't know a lot. And I try to incorporate that idea into the show as well, or into the story as well, where it's like, not everything is answered. And so um, 
but I just, I loved the courage and the strength of, of this woman. And I wanted to present that because, you know, during a time when, you know, women had few rights and not always a lot of respect. Sure. Uh, I wanted to, you know, I think it's important for us to to remember these these times and these stories, and uh, so so then I started. I'm like, I got to do something with this story. Like, it's just so good. And so I had worked with a, a group of artists out of uh, Calgary, out of, or out of Alberta, years ago on another project, and uh, two of them, which one being Chris Demeanor, who's a Calgary. A poet, musician, actor, and then Eric Rose, who's a theater director at Ghost River Theater in Calgary. I approached the two of them and said, I've got this story and I want to do something with it. I don't know what, but I think it's really great. And so they said yes. And I got, I, uh, I stole them for two weeks <laughs> and, uh, and said, and in I think October of 2019, so it was just before, like it was before the pandemic, and and so initially I thought it was going to be a theater piece. Okay. Mostly would just I I thought just Chris and I could tell it, and Eric would direct it, and uh, and so I brought the story to them, and we sat, and I went to Calgary, and we sat in Eric's. Uh, dining room and uh, had all these pictures and postcards and letters and the story and like I had done a bunch of writing and I gave it to them and so we sat around this dining room table and we came up with with like I don't know a bunch of song titles to tell the story okay and so that's how we got through it and we then Chris and I went away we went to uh, a place called Twin Butte Alberta which is um uh, this there's a little venue there. It's called the Twin Butte General Store and licensed Mexican restaurant. Okay, and it's this place. I mean, every, most musicians know it. Most musicians have played there, and it's great. It's amazing, and uh, and so my family roots aren't far from there. So I phoned Jenny, who runs the, the general store, and I said, Jenny, can can Chris and I come and and write some music there as like a retreat and. Uh, She's like, of course. <laughs> and so we spent, uh, well, there was a blizzard. So we had, we were kind of like storm state in Calgary for a few days. And we, uh, we wrote like 12 songs, no, we wrote 18 songs in 12 days. And, uh, and that was the start of it. And, and we performed those songs and then we weren't sure what we we're going to do. Like, was it going to be a song cycle? Was it going to be a theater piece? And, uh, and then the pandemic hit. Of course. <laughs> great, t great timing, right? I know. I'm just like, ah, I'm like, I've got to do something with this because the, the songs were so strong. We had developed such a strong, uh, like through line with the story and started to really develop these characters and be able to express things through them. Okay. And so I, I just started writing Cause I'm like my tour, well, actually I, during the pandemic, I was like the March of 2020 and I was on the road. I did one show, which was actually at the Twin Butte general store. We did one show and then yeah, just the next morning I woke up and it was like, shows were just cancel, cancel, cancel. Plus there was an avalanche <laughs> in the mountains. 
So I couldn't get through to the next gig. It was like everything was just like telling me to turn around and go home. Yeah. And so, so I came home and I just started writing more and more like taking these songs and linking them with narration and script mm-hmm. and and then like so there's three main characters and Chris and I were kind of I was you know kind of taking on the Eva Eva character my great grandmother and then there's her husband Francois but then there was this man a rancher in Alberta who she falls in love with and his name's Henry. And so he was kind of taking on the two roles and it was just getting confusing. So we knew we needed a third person. So actually Matt Foster, I don't know if you know Matt. Yeah, I know Matt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Great guy. Yeah. 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 So Matt Foster, uh, uh, formerly the Crooked Brothers, one of those, the members of the Crooked Brothers. Um, He... I had uh, kind of briefly worked with him at a um, Saint-Nom project, like a French singing, uh, songwriting project. And uh, so he's like, you know, bilingual. And I remembered that that was kind of tucked in the back of my mind. And so, because Francois is a a French speaking character. Of course, yeah. uh, You know, bilingual as well. And so uh, he jumped on board with the project and uh and became the francois character and uh, and then we uh got together briefly we were able to come together during the pandemic during kind of one of the non-wave times yeah those few little bright spots yeah yeah (laughs) little little break and uh so the four of us came together and we worked on the script and then we did a bit of recording and uh, and then the music was just sitting there and we're like, we need to record this music. And so we got, we set up a studio here in this room oh, cool. uh, that I'm in right now, like in my, my home studio and Jamie Sitar out of town sound came and set up a, a recording kind of remote recording studio. And I just started bringing musicians on board and, you know, initially I was like, I just want this to be like as simple as possible. But then like Chris is like, no, let's get a band. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like okay, let's get a band. You know, it's just for the recording at least. And, and so we brought, <laughs> we brought Joe Fournier and Joanna Miller. Cool. And as the rhythm, rhythm section. Yeah. Like killer rhythm section. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then uh, my, partner Eric Lemoyne like he did a lot of playing like a lot of guitar banjo cool uh, throughout the pieces and uh, a lot and then and then it was just like you know what I can I can do whatever I want with this you know and and so I got Carrie Latimer to put some some theremin on a couple of tunes oh, right on this and awesome. I got and uh, Rain Hamilton came and played some fiddle and like Darwin Baker on harmonica and Alex Campbell came and played some piano and got James uh, Fraser on trumpet. I was just like, oh, and even last minute, we we, we got Jeremy Ham to come in and play some mandolin. It was cool. like, you know, I was just like, why not? We're just, you know, might as well make this what it needs to be. And, and and again, coming back to Manitoba, like that list I just, you know, 
pronounced. <laughs> is this, there's this endless sort of just like, oh, we need theremin. Oh, we need mandolin. And of course, there's like these amazing musicians. Yeah, and they're right all from here. that community, all from that times yeah. change kind of community as well, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. You are my home, my heart, my love, my everything. Your recipe that I need. You are the dream that comes to me. You are my secret when I'm sitting by myself. You're the shade I need to make for the painting that I kind of um you've done all this work a lot of work obviously and you've turned it from a very small project into a very large project with all these people involved and i mean a lot of really great musicians too so but what is the sort of um 
what is the end goal of this? And I guess maybe this is something you're still figuring out because of the pandemic. I'm not sure, but you know, no one really knows when live shows are going to happen again. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later, but it's all at this point up mm. in the air. Right. So what, how do you launch something like this when you have the narrative elements and you have the, all of these songs and they all tell the story and we're in this, <laughs> this, this mess of a situation where, you know, the traditional way something like this might be released is off the table, at least for now. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I did have some dates, shows booked, uh, you know, this month yeah. and uh, February. And it's like, well, those were like canceled because I'm like, well, what if one of us gets sick? Yeah. Then we can't keep going. We have to turn around and come home. So I'm just like, meh, we're not, we're not even going to try. <laughs> I'm just like, ah. made it through the mountains on my way back from the sea I made it through the rain as it was coming down on me The sun's going down, I can see it through the town
think this project was, um, I mean, it was something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I just didn't know that it was going to be this. Okay. And I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm a, a storyteller. I'm, I have a theater as my, as a background, as well as music and, you know, music just kind of took the driver's seat. Right. You know, there's many aspects of myself as an artist, you know, like there's, there's a comedian in the, in the passenger seat and there's, <laughs> you know, an actor in theater, you know, producer in the back seat. There's a tap dancer tied up in the trunk, but you know. <laughs> Like that's just part. And then, you know, and then I've got a trailer full of all kinds of other things. And, and so I had, well, I'd been listening to a lot of audiobooks. Um, it's kind of after having a child, I was like, I can't, I, there was no time to read a book, sure. but I found while, while I'm doing the dishes, I would, I would uh, listen to books and I got into a few podcasts as well. But then I like as I'm listening to these audiobooks, and some of them are fantastic and like fantastically delivered. Sure. But you know, it's just one person reading, and and I was like, well, like, couldn't you do this kind of like an old radio play? Like, where are those? Like, what happened to the radio play with the different and, voices and the different characters? Yeah, voicing themselves and stuff. Yeah, for sure. And the fo and the foley and like yeah, you know, the sound foley. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is that's what this is going to be. And so, yeah, I mean, and there was even talk of us trying to record all the Foley, but then that was, that just became an even greater beast that I, I decided not to tackle. And instead I tackled a, a smaller beast of like doing all the sound design myself <laughs> and uh, learning how to, make a sound design which was amazing and fun and i loved it and uh and so so yeah there's this aspect of like old radio play you know and some narration and sound like the sound design mm -hmm. to help tell the story and take people into a different world and um and i think that's what i like as an entertainer that's that's the end goal is is taking people somewhere else let you know that escape for whatever it is half an hour two yeah. hours to be able to have that escape that's we love that we're you know like stories are part of us you know we love stories for sure you know, i'm sure as you know as a, as a father like your kids just suck up stories and love them and and i do too i love listening to stories and and uh, and I love telling them. Yeah. And so, yeah. Even in my songs, like I—that's I, always been a big part of my songwriting has mm -hmm. been uh, the story of the song. Do you think? Yeah. Um, do you think that this story? I mean, not the particulars, but just the the general story. A lot of people can relate to here because I mean, I think that a lot of us have great grandmothers who have gone through similar journeys in the sense of of coming from. You know whether the war is involved or not coming coming to canada and and starting a family mm -hmm. here and we have these ancestors mm -hmm. that were we know of i mean i have some of those too for sure that I, i'm aware of but i don't know the full story of how they ended up here and why they ended up here and and why i exist <laughs> as a result of that right so do you think that there's kind of some universality in, in in a story like this where people can kind of maybe 
connect to their own roots by by hearing uh, maybe a similar background to what their ancestors may have gone through? Sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was actually kind of a, a struggle. I'm just going to kind of side sure sideline this with, uh, you know, when I first started writing this story, I, you know, a lot of uh, truth and reconciliation was coming up with indigenous people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so writing a, a settler story was a bit of a struggle for me because I, I felt like, do we need to hear this right now? Yeah. But, but I also know that this story isn't about settling the Western Canada. Sure. The story is about this woman and her struggle and uh, how she, you know, gets through adversity by, you know, <laughs> by just like doing what she had to do to like keep her children sure. and, uh, you know, get through hard crazy winters in uh, southern alberta yeah and uh, and get across the ocean and across canada with two little girls by herself and and so i i want i, I hope people can appreciate that like the train that she took across canada the trains the immigrant trains were like weren't fancy yeah weren't of course, like yeah via rail they were like boxcars with benches in them you know and uh like yeah and so but yeah i i think you know we we also you know we discussed in the creation of it like addressing these people coming to uh to southern Alberta and to the prairies and uh, seeing the indigenous people and how do we address that and you know I had a whole side story going on which actually turns out it's going to be season three oh, cool. of the firewalls because we've <laughs> we in, a, in, the, in the creation of season of this first season we were like there's more to these characters there's more to this story and and so we've got season two in the works wow. and then i've got season three which is you know you know so addressing a bit the bigger issue of of uh you know the the indigenous connection sure to what happened during that time what was going on and it's great because uh, like chris demeanor has uh, been working on uh, a project called Making Treaty Seven, which is uh, Treaty Seven, is where this is the land where, um, like south of Calgary, like right. Calgary and Calgary, that area, where my great great grandparents lived and or great great grandparents homesteaded, and so you know we we wanted to address that. We wanted to not sweep it under the rug, yeah, as it has been in the past, but. We felt like we couldn't take the whole thing on in this season. So season three is going to venture more into that. And she uh, meets this uh, Blackfoot woman and has a relation, like there's a relationship that 
that grows and cool. uh, the story stories will be told that way through her and the Blackfoot woman that she meets. And, uh, you know, we'll work with Blackfoot, uh, a Blackfoot artist. And I have a, a dear friend, Janice Weasel Bear. She's an executive producer on the project who is Blackfoot. Oh, cool. and, uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, we're certainly, you know, there's certainly awareness of that. And because, I mean, it's like, it's the big elephant in the room. We can't ignore it. Sure. And it, I mean, it, it's an important part of the story of this part of the of the world too, right? I mean, just, just the, the way that those two cultures interacted is, is, is such a huge yeah, part of it. Yeah, totally. And I don't feel that stories in the past yet have, haven't quite got there yet. Yeah. I think they're, they're starting to, we're starting to open up and talk about these things and address them and recognize them for what they were yeah. and what they, and what they are. And so, um, it's exciting and uh you know yeah cool i like how you're already working ahead on season three it's a uh, it's it's good to hear that you <laughs> haven't waited to see if season one will work out yet it's already moving on two seasons in the future it's great i don't care i'm already writing season two and uh it's it's happening i don't care that's awesome <laughs> So how, how does someone hear this? I mean, when's it, come, when's it coming out? And then how can someone actually engage with the project? Right. So uh, the podcast, the first podcast will be released uh, February 14th. Easy to remember, Valentine's yep. Day. And, uh, and then it'll be every, uh, I think that's the Monday. So every Monday after that, uh, it'll be released. There's five episodes. And then on the the uh march 14th which is the fifth episode the full album will be released and available for people to listen if they don't want you know if they just want the songs they can uh just have the songs then but you know i think the the whole project's pretty cool uh it's different like it's it's there's music but then there's script and there's narration and it's um and it's not but it's not musical it's like i don't know what it is i don't know the songs are unto themselves and they help tell the story. But again, it's not really a, a musical. I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad, I'm glad it's coming out. I think you, I think, I mean, despite the, the shitty situation everyone's in with the pandemic, assuming the pandemic continues, this is a perfect time for someone to be able to absorb something like that because people generally have, you know, not everyone, of course, but people generally have more time to, to, to sit and then and, and take in a project of that, length and of that detail because because we're we're home <laughs> you know we're not we're not we're not working or our work schedule has changed or our work setting has changed and i think that the timing sure. despite being bad at the beginning when you couldn't play shows with this it sort of worked out in the end in that you have a captive audience who's who's wanting to hear something hopefully uh, of this nature sure absolutely well and i mean even before, like I said, I would I would listen to audiobooks while I did the dishes. Yeah. And actually, my uh, the, I have a it's um like a, a podcasting network. It's just in the works. It's just starting. I have one project on there right now, and then this will be the second project. It's called Dish Duty Dramas and Chicken Coop Comedies. Cool. So it's it's where people can find these projects, and and other artists are are going to start creating as well. The end, uh, you know, like it's about, you know, listen to this while you do your dishes or feed the chickens or, you know, 
right on. sweep the floor because <laughs> that's where I, that's when I can listen to this kind of stuff. Well, yeah. I, I listen to podcasts walking my dog, so I get it for sure. It's I mean that's you find that time when you're totally. doing something else, and that's that's the time to listen. If people want to hear some of your other stuff, totally. um, you know, you, you're, you, I know you've released a lot of music in the past. What's the best way to find you online to sort of follow what you're doing and, and check out your your music and this project and everything else? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Well, I mean, obviously, everything will be on my website, littlemisshiggins.com. Uh, all the links to all the places where music is available, except I think, you know, and I'm at a time where I'm like, hmm. Well, the whole Spotify thing, I'm like, yeah, what do I, what do I do? This is my moment to make a decision. Does this go on Spotify or not? And uh, I'm going to say not. That's a good call. Uh, my other music, my other music is there at the moment, but it's going to, you know, it, it'll come down and uh, go on to, t- I think we're going to go with Tidal. Cool. Seems like that's where a lot of people are going and, uh, so we'll go to title and uh, for streaming and uh, and then the podcast will be available through all the other uh, platforms and uh, and then also just everything will be on my website and you can find it all there or where basically everywhere but Spotify. <laughs> I like that right on right on. 